Kate laughs and thanks her. And Angie explains that, you know, I had one good boyfriend before Carl. His name was Donnie Landis, and they used to work together at this, like, fast food place when they were 16 or whatever. And she was like, yeah, he's really sweet, but then he went off to the, to the University of Scranton, and was, and I never heard from him again. And Angie's like, that was my Justin Timberlake. Which isn't saying much now. I think it's still saying a lot. <laughs> Tiana even agrees. She's like, mm-mm. <laughs> Tiana, I talk to Sahara about this movie all the time, but it had Justin Timberlake, and it was called In Time. And it was, like, basically the premise of the movie oh, is... Oh, I love that movie! <laughs> See? I told you that movie was good. <laughs> told you that movie... Wild being his mother? Told you that movie was good. Because time is money. Yeah. Get it? No. Get it? Get it? And that's just what the producer said, to the, or the, the show creator said to the studio. Like, get it? Like, money is time. Get it? Time is money. And again, you think more, like, people who are poor would try to kill the rich and steal their time. Literally. I would just hold people, for, like, for like hostage. Like, yeah. Give me five minutes. Also, I hate the fact that they gambled with time, even though people did it with money, so I can see it was, like, a play-on, play-on kind of thing. But my, still. my favorite part of that movie is, like, they go to my coffee, and the guy's like, that'll be 11 minutes. I'm like, 11 minutes? And I'm just like... <laughs> I'm like, dude, you probably could have made your own coffee in 11 minutes. I feel like the cutoff for that is, okay, would it take me longer to do this task? You know? That would be my cutoff. I'm like, okay, I'm going, like, someone's, like, fixing my toilet. I'll, like, look up, like, a YouTube video or whatever. I'm like, okay, how long would this take me to do? And, like, in my research, how long will this take me to do? And will it take longer to, like, that pay someone to come and do it? You know? You know? I know, but even, like, working was stupid. Because, like, you're working for time, but you're wasting time for working. Literally. And I'm like, I'm like, so you're telling me I'm paying to be at work? But I was just like, wait, that's exactly how I mean. I'm paying to be at work? Unacceptable. The movie was great. I don't know why Sahara hates it. I think it's it dumb. such a good movie, Sarah. I think it's dumb. I remember seeing trailers for that, like in theaters. In and, theaters. Like, as, and as a kid, I'm like, "Well, that's a good idea." <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, this is film." This is film. Christian thought the same thing about the Transformers movie. Yeah, fuck you. The Transformers movies were good <laughs> at first. So Kate tells Angie that uh, she can still live a different life and that she's a very smart person and she can basically is like encouraging her to like, you know, be better. Be better. So Kate tells Angie that her she can still live a different life and that she's a very smart person. This makes Angie smile as she tells Kate thanks. So next scene we see that Kate has joined Angie with playing with the karaoke machine. Kate tells her that she's figured out how to beat her at this game, and Angie's like, yep, because that's what this is about. So Kate starts singing, girls just want to have fun horribly, as she explains to Angie, who has played the game before, how it works, which makes Angie laugh. I come home in the morning, like my mother said, when you're gonna live your life right. Just wanna <laughs> Real. So the two finish the song together and are laughing and having a great time. As well as holding on the note for a long time. And after they finish, they're like, Oh my gosh, that was harmony. We did that, that so That was awesome. harmony. And Kate is like or Angie's like, Oh my avatar has really big jugs and Kate's like, My avatar looks like a whore. 
It's just girls having fun. Honestly, I think that's a best representation of me and Tiana. As, like, sisters. Like, how our dynamic is. So next we see Angie walk into the restaurant, finally meet up with Carl after this time. After all this time. I love this outfit she has on, and I will always think it's cute. Mm. Also, fun hash fact, it was really cold when they shot this scene. And Amy Poehler explained that when she sucks on ice while filming so her breath doesn't show on camera. And I don't know how true that is, but I just remember her saying that. Hmm. You're funny. So, Angie asks Carl what he wants, and he tells her that he wants her to come home because he misses her, and it's been two weeks since he's had sex. And Angie's like, I've been gone a month. Angie explains that after spending so much time with Kate that she feels like she was able to reevaluate the direction her life was going, and she feels like that doesn't include him in it. Carl reminds yeah. <laughs> Carl reminds Angie that Kate is just using her to have a baby and that they wouldn't even be friends in real life and that this whole thing is just for business. Angie defends Kate by saying that Carl doesn't even know her. Carl gets upset with Angie telling her she has no right to cut him out of this deal and that this whole baby making business was his idea and that it was his idea to keep going even after the pregnancy test told them no. Angie tells him that he should have never done that. Carl argues that Angie should have actually gotten pregnant like she was supposed to and that was dumb of Angie to move in with Kate and that the plan was to fake the pregnancy and send an ultrasound in the mail and cash the checks. Angie tells him that the ultrasound looked like a squirrel and Carl's like, that's because it was, and that was the only picture I could find on the internet. Carl tells her that Kate is going to notice that Angie is not getting bigger, which actually bodies show differently during pregnancy, so that's not an indicator that you're not pregnant, by the way. So there's that. There is that. Carl tells Angie that whenever she goes to the doctors and that Kate will know the truth, Carl tells Angie that she's not smart enough to pull this off. So the plot thickens. What do you guys think of that scene? Thick plot. That's it? That's all you have to the think? The plot is thickening. No, I thought it was interesting because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, so they've just been lying this whole time? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like oh. they're And I'm just like, do they not think they'll get in trouble, you know? I know. I'm like, something's going to happen eventually. Yeah. I'm about to pop off. So next we see Kate and Angie pack up from their parenting class as one lady asks how far Angie is, which is really rude, by the way. And Angie is like, I'm pretty pregnant. And Kate tells the lady that Angie is 14 weeks. And the lady's like, oh my god, me too. You're not even showing yet. Again, that's not how bodies work. And I still looked relatively small at 14 weeks. Like, I didn't look oh, pregnant yeah, at all. Oh, yeah, legend. Like, I didn't start popping out till, like, week 20. So... The next scene, we see Angie look at her tummy, and she makes her stomach bloat, and then gets a great idea to eat a bunch of, like, moon pies to make her stomach look bigger. Mm. And she is, like, pounding these things, trying to, like, bloat. I would have thrown up. So, next scene, Kate and Oscar hear Angie throwing up. Kate tells her she's going to work and that she hopes she feels better. In the bathroom, we see Angie is just actually throwing the pea soup into the toilet and, like, pretending to throw up. Kate explains to Oscar that Angie has a morning sickness, and he's like, yeah, it sounds like she's dying. Feels like dying. Hmm. So after Kate leaves, Angie comes out of the bathroom, but she has pea soup somehow on, like, her arm and hands, and, like, Oscar freaks out thinking there's throw up on her arm. Angie's like, what? And the doorman is like, do something with those vomit chunks, girl. Angie's like, okay, God, before she, like, scares him with it. She's like, ah, ah. So, Kate is at the location of the new store with a model to show Barry, and he tells her that he loves it. 
Therefore, he's going to reward her with five minutes of un- uninterrupted eye contact. Prolonged eye contact. Her co-worker, Rick, who was there, leaves because he's uncomfortable while Kate begs him to stay. As Kate and Barry continue to make eye contact, even when the phone starts to ring, Barry even, like, leans in a bit and Kate, like, backs away. Like, haha, funny. <laughs> so, back home, Kate tells Angie that she's accomplished a lot today with getting the building approved and everything she feels like she's on the top of her game. Angie says that's really great and that they should do something like celebrate. And Kate's like, yeah, I thought I'd order food and we watch this DVD. And it's a British documentary about a woman who gives birth to a 50 pound baby vaginally. The poor woman. Whoa. And she's like, yeah, dude, I can't even imagine. Angie is like, yeah, I can't wait to not watch that. And suggests that they go out and go clubbing. Angie tells Kate that she needs to get out of her comfort zone and meet some dudes. And Kate gives in and is like, all right, let's let's go do it. So next scene, we see Angie install like this he test, which is like a belly that shows men how hard pregnancy is. And we see Angie like pumping air into it and then seeing how she looks while dancing in the mirror. And she's like, good enough. Angie meets Kate in the hallway and is like, are you really wearing that? And it's like, it's giving very like kindergarten teacher vibes is what she's got going on. And Kate's like, well, we are going to a nightclub. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, we see Kate and Angie leaving the elevator. And Kate is, like, smoking hot that even Oscar can't believe it. And, like, she's wearing this really cute, like, black, like, uh, cocktail dress. And it's, like, super tight. Her tits look great. Her hair looks awesome. She's got this really cute smoky eye. And I'm like, Tina Fey, yeah. Tina Fey. She can, she can get it. So the two make it to the club, and Angie's like, this place is so cool. While Kate's like, I haven't done anything like this in years. So while walking through the club, Angie sneaks in a few shots while Kate isn't looking. And when they finally meet, reach a waitress, Angie orders uh, for Kate a double margarita and two more drinks. She looks at Kate, who gives her a look, and Angie's like, oh, I'll just get a bottle of water. I'll just get a bottle of water. Angie tells Kate it's time to dance, and we cut to Angie dancing with this guy, and since he can't see her from behind, he doesn't know that she looks pregnant until she turns around, and then the guy just kind of walks away. He's like, oh. <laughs> we see Kate try to dance by voguing, and Angie's like, stop doing that. And Kate's like, I think it's good. And Angie's like, it's not. <laughs> we see Angie trying to sneak another sip of somebody else's drink on the dance floor. We then see the two sitting in a booth as Angie tells Kate to try all these random drinks sitting around. Do not, under any circumstances, try random drinks around you, all right? For everyone's safety. That reminds me of the first time I went out with frogs here. And we were just, like, my other friends were like, oh yeah, you need to try, like, the yardstick strawberry margarita. And I was like, oh, what? And then they, we were all just like having drinks. We also pre-gamed before we got there. So Jesus. yeah, I was pretty out of it. Oh my God. No, I don't yeah. like being oh, a drunk. That was the time I found out I was dancing with Kylo Ren. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> she played with a guy who plays Kylo Ren over at um the Disney Sorry, game. he's friends with Kylo Ren. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so anyway, That's Kate. say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Kate tries all these drinks, and she hates them, and Kate asks why she's doing this, as Angie keeps handing her drinks to try. Next, we see the two dancing, and Kate is, like, super loosed up and is dancing and having a good time. It even starts Lord of the Dancing on the dance floor. 
Angie then asks Kate if she's having fun, and she says yeah, but tells her that she's always wanted to do something. We then cut to Kate at the DJ booth, and she says in the mic that this is for the ladies, as she starts playing Lady in Red. This here is for the ladies! And it's like, Lady in Red! And everyone is like, boo! But like, oh. Angie's like, alright, slow jam, let's slow it down. Have you ever played a song that you thought your group would like and they just weren't like vibing with it like at all? I was like, man, y'all some haters. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> like you can't have the ops anymore. No, not me. I'm just like, we are listening to this song. It's you guys who need to change the vibe, not me. So next, we see Angie and Kate at the bar getting more drinks as Angie confesses to Kate that if she wasn't pregnant right now, she would like get all these guys. And Kate's like, I wouldn't date anyone here. And Angie's like, what? Are you serious? So Angie starts scoping out the venue and points out to Kate this guy on the dance floor and asks if she would date him. And Kate is like, he looks like a laundry bag filled with meat. And this man kind of looks like a muscular version of Polly D. Like he looks a little scary, I will not lie. <laughs> <laughs> and like <laughs> So I think Kate's really right with that one. Angie then tries again and asks Kate, what about that guy in the suit? And Kate's like, he's wearing denim. And Angie tells Kate that she's so picky. Angie defends the denim guy by saying that at least he's not a grade A dork like that guy over there. And Kate looks over and it turns out it's her ex-boyfriend Scott. And Kate is like freaking out that he's here and in the same club. And Angie's like, you went out with that guy? Ew, why? And Kate's like, oh my god, he's still so cute. And Angie's like, where? Where? Kate is like, I'm gonna go say hi. And Angie tries to stop her, but it's too late. So Kate goes over, and before she says hi, she readjusts her boobs and is like, Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. And Scott's like, oh my god, Kate, you look so good. What are you doing here? And Kate's like, oh, just, you know, clubbing. And Scott's like, oh, you remember my wife, Jean? And Kate's like, yes, of course, Jan. How are you? As she shakes this lady's hand. Kate asks how everything is going with them. And Scott's like, oh, everything is great. We just bought a house. Um, I'm still an awesome doctor, rescued some hurricane dogs, and I was in a bicycle accident that made his penis bigger. And Kate laughs as Scott asks how Kate is doing, and she's like, oh, I'm awesome. I've been working nonstop. Turns out I can't have kids. And she tells Scott a good job on picking Jean because she's fertile. And Kate tries to explain why she's not and even starts to explain who Angie is. Angie, seeing this, that Kate is drowning in that conversation, goes to Kate and gets her out of there and tells her to stop talking. We see the two leaving the club as Kate tells, uh, talks about Scott with like admiration, and Angie's like, he's an asshole, he dumped you, and Kate defends it by saying, like, no, he's a good guy. Angie's like, no, Kate, you are a good person, and you don't need another good person around you. That's your thing. And Kate wants to take that away from you. Kate then explains that Scott didn't want Scott did want to marry her, but she wanted to focus on work. And she's like, of course you wanted to work, because working is awesome and being married sucks. Kate then points out that this is his car and that uh that they are by, and Kate's like, Oh, you know what we should do? And then we see Angie like grab a trash can and she throws it into like Scott's back windshield. Would you guys ever do anything like that? Maybe if I was drunk enough. <laughs> Would you do that, Christian? Maybe. <laughs> Depends whose car. Follow-up question. What would you guys do if you came back to your car like that? I'd be like... <laughs> I bet that one guy at your job. 
what happened to my car? And he's like, what the fuck happened? For context audience, um... We watched a car accident <laughs> happen at her work. The guy who did it, it, he hit a parked car. He was reversing out and he hit it too. He went reversed out of a parking spot too mm-hmm. far and hit it. He gets out, looks at the car for like five minutes, acts like he's like leaving a note or whatever, and then drives off. And then like, I guess later that day, Sahara heard about what happened to the guy who- All I heard was, what the fuck happened to my car? That's all I heard. And I was like, well, it's Friday. Gotta go home. (laughs) (laughs) So the next scene, the two are laughing in the cab and Angie thinks Kate is wasted. As Kate sees the super fruity store still open and asks the cab to stop right there. He hands, Kate hands Angie some cash and tells her to go home because she looks tired and sends the cab away. We see Angie hang her head out the door as the cab drives away. Angie just yells, what are you doing? So next we see Kate inside the store as Rob tells her that they are closed for the night. And Kate's like, well, it looks the same when you're open. Rob jokes if Kate is here to tell them that they are going to start bulldozing his neighborhood. And Kate's like, yeah, I'm really sorry that I'm just so good at my job. Which makes them both laugh as Kate points out all the smoothies left on the counter and asks if it's a taste test. Rob tells her not to drink it, and she does anyway, but finds out that it's actually really horrible. And he's like, yeah, it's papaya juice and coffee. And I have all these ideas that he writes down that they sound good, but in reality they are not. Kate's like, oh yeah, I do the same thing, but I write down stuff like, make everybody twins or electric toilets. So they both laugh, and Rob asks why she's out so late and if she's a prostitute. I don't think he's a good guy. Like, why would you ask that? Literally. <laughs> this makes Kate laugh for some reason. And she explains that she went out for the first time in a long time. And she let a friend dress her up. And Rob's like, oh, well, your friend's a great American. As he spills coffee on the floor. We then see Angie make it home. And she's, like, battling the air bump that she's got going on. And Oscar catches her doing this. And he's like, well, that's odd. Back at Super Fruity, Kate tells Rob that she really likes his logo, and Rob is surprised by this, and is like, oh yeah? And that he did it himself. And like, the logo is like a banana, like a straight up banana, and then like an orange on one side, and an apple on the other. And it's pretty like, phallic looking. Phallic. <laughs> and Kate's like, yeah, I really like it, it's, it's super cool. And Rob's asks her if she thinks that it doesn't look like a penis, and Kate's like, no, no, I, I don't see that. And she doesn't know what he's talking about. And Rob's like, oh, you're being nice to me, which makes her laugh. And I really hate how old people flirt. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, bro, email or something. (laughs) So the two talk about Jamba Juice being the man as Kate starts taking out bobby pins and accidentally takes an hairpiece out and is like, oh, well, that's embarrassing. Rob then asks her out on a date and Kate agrees to go. And she looks at her hairpiece and she tells him that this came out of her head. And Rob asks her if her hair is real and she tells him no. Um, I'm bald underneath all this, but my breasts are real, so we thought we got that going for them. Real. But then, so, like, the next scene, we see, like, Angie walking up to Kate's apartment, and she spots Carl, who's trying to, like, hide behind a newspaper. And Angie asks, like, what he wants, and he says, uh, I want his half, he wants his half of the check, because it's, uh, due today. And that if he doesn't like, get it, he's gonna rat her out, that he, and he has a pregnancy test to prove it, you know? That she's not pregnant. And Angie's like, okay, you probably peed on it. Carl's like, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. And honestly, what would you do if you genuinely met someone like Carl? Um, I wouldn't want to focus my energy on that person. At all? Mm-mm. What if they were like your coworker and you had to work with them? I ignore them. <laughs> okay, so Carl tells her that either way, 
Angie's next appointment, they're going to see that uh, they're going to connect the dots, and Angie will be busted. And Angie tells him that she doesn't want any of this anymore, and that she wants a common law divorce. And Carl's like all hers, like you, you're going to give back the ring that I made you in shop class. Us. <laughs> I never made you. Wrong. But then Carl's like, fine, this relationship is over because there's a lot of girls sitting on this bench waiting to get in the game, and I'll be the one canceling this relationship. And then after like two seconds, he's like. Angie, please take me back. And she's like, oh my god. And like tries to walk into the building, but Carl stops her and asks if they can give their relationship a proper goodbye by having a quickie in the car. And Angie like throws the book that she was holding at him. It was a pregnancy help book. And uh, asks, like, what's wrong with you? And as Carl gets back in the car, he tells Angie, he's like, you know, I'm not going to be there for you when Kate kicks you out and she finds out the truth. And so Carl, wanting to have the last word, points out that he's like, my, his license plate says, my girl rocks or whatever on it. Or whatever he, he like goes and points to his license plate. He was like, <sighs> he's like, uh, my girl, my girl just not rocked, and it is in fact a divorcee, and that she better have some Kleenex ready because uh, she just said goodbye to the coolest thing that ever happened to her. And before Carl drives off, he tells, yeah, I know, it's like, oh my dude, like you're in public, and like uh, before Carl drives off, he tells Angie, he's like, well, well that seems just to hurt her. He's like, I'm gonna bang all your friends. Consider them all banged. Consider them all banged. Literally. <laughs> Sahara cutting her hair as a kid. Consider it banged. Shut up. <laughs> did you ever get banged? Yes. Yeah, I bet. You look like you have bangs. Shut up, Christine. Did you go through a, Tiana, did you go through a bang phase? Did I have bangs? Yeah. No? You no, had you had feathers all. in your hair. Yeah, I did have feathers in my hair. What, what was your most embarrassing hair that you've ever had? What's your most embarrassing hair? I think when I tried to get bangs and the bangs weren't working, so my mom just cut my hair into an afro. And then I started wearing like uh, <laughs> I started wearing like uh, to imagine. headbands all the time. But you probably look like your dad. Oh my god! There's a photo in your house next time I go over. Beanies all the time too. But you look like it. Okay, Tiana, your turn. Stoner kid. What? I said you look like a stoner kid. No. What? What? What, what was your most embarrassing hair? Oh my god, the gum bumped my ends when I told her not to for school pictures. Oh my god. Do you even I know literally what? wanted to kill her. Oh, what does that mean? Tell me. Do you want to explain it or do you want me to explain <laughs> black it? Black people thing. So, I have we to have to straighten our... We're not straightening her hair. We're not straightening her hair. Anyway, so she would straighten her our hair, and I guess because our ends are so dead, she would... Oh, she would just cut off the ends? No, she would, like, bump them like this, so it'd be like this. Oh, like a curl? Yeah, oh. and it'd be so Oh, ugly. it's like an invert. Instead of, like, curling out, mm-hmm. like, curls in. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So ugly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> no, I had a bowl cut for, like, most of my life. Like, straight... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, it was just... It, like, like, it was a, like, coconut kid from... No, no, no. It wasn't that bad. I mean, like, like it wasn't, like, straight all the way around. Like, I mean, like, I had, like, hair over my ears, you know, and it went back and down a lot. It was just, like, like straight across, like, the front of my head, Sahara. Mm-hmm. Just, like... Oh, my like, God. Straight, like, straight across, like, my, my forehead. And it was because, like, well, the assumption was, like, I would, like comb my hair mm-hmm. like for like stuff but I never really did mm-hmm. so most of my life my hair was kind of just like <laughs> like th- pretty much bangs looking back on it Th- those were my bangs Christian had bangs yeah straight up I was a cutie pie what can I say okay you can't relate Christian stop you you wanted you wanted some of this mm. you want a nine year old Christian with bangs <laughs> 
Uh, so next we see Angie try to like quietly sneak out as like Kate sleeps, and we see the we see Oscar catch Angie like trying to leave, and he stops her, and we cut to them like sitting on the steps. Mm-hmm. He's eating a White Castle, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the doorman tells her, he's like, you know, I knew something was up when I saw you beating, you know, like, beating up her, your baby bump or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Angie, like, uh, just, like, tells him, he's like, think, you know, things got out of control, and I'm just going to leave. And the doorman's like, uh, well, not the doorman, Oscar, is like, well, you know, that's not the best idea because Kate will think you just ran off with her baby and that would devastate her. And the doorman tells uh, Angie that, like, you know, this isn't, like, a harmless scheme where you call Domino's and tell them that you're part of a church youth event and you need 10 free pizzas. And Angie's like, wait, does that work? <laughs> But Oscar tells her that, you know, lying about the existence of a human being and that if you don't tell Kate, uh, the guilt will eat at her, at, at you, at Angie, that is. Mm-hmm. And Angie asks Oscar if he can tell Kate for her, and Oscar's like, uh, no. <laughs> Oscar stays in his lane. We love him. So in the next scene, we see the two driving. That's An- Angie and Kate, that is. Mm-hmm. And Angie's, like, super anxious, and Kate tells her that uh, she has a surprise for her. And Angie's like, oh, you know, I have a surprise for you, too. Like, unenthusiastically. And uh, the surprise uh, that Kate has for Angie is she had, like, a brochure for, like, a fashion school. Because mm-hmm. it's been brought up in the film that she likes clothes. She likes mm-hmm. making clothes. And, you know, and Kate tells her to, like, open it, and it's uh, it's her check. And Angie is like, oh, I can't take this. It has to go through the agency. And Kate is like, it's not going to bounce. Don't you trust me? Which is really funny, by the way. Mm-hmm. But Angie's, like, uh, confused why they didn't stop at like, birthing class. Uh, I, like, yes, that's where they were supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Kate is like, oh, you have an ultrasound. And she's, like, starts start, starting to freak out, you know. And Kate is, like, super excited and makes a joke. Uh, and makes jokes while Angie's trying to calm herself down. Next, we see the two in the doctor's office as they're about to start the ultrasound. And Angie asks Kate that when she gets mad, does she stay mad for a long time? And Kate's like, yeah, I'm actually a huge grudge holder. (laughs) The doctor then asks if Angie is nervous and she confesses a little as the doctor informs him that both he is having a little trouble finding the baby. And Angie's like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of trouble. And she starts to confess to Kate about everything when suddenly the doctor's like, oh, there's a baby. And Angie's like, haha, very funny. What? What? I mean, it's so funny, too. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Anyways, Kate. <laughs> she's like, I have that. Get in there. There's a baby? Honestly, that's how I feel every time I go to an ultrasound. I'm like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. We then see uh, Kate's like, oh, so what did you want to tell me? And she's like, I'm so excited. Bye. <laughs> We then see Angie talking to Oscar, and he's like, I thought you were lying to Kate. Angie's like, I was, and I still am, because this isn't Kate's baby. It's Carl's. <gasps> she explains that she guesses that the procedure didn't take. So when she was upset about everything that happened, Carl comforted her, and Oscar's like, that is so country. So real. Angie then starts to explain what was happening to her, and then looking back on it, she should have known she was pregnant, which is so real of them to display this in a movie, because you for real be doing that. You're just, like, looking back on it. Yeah. That was that would've, that was a bad idea. <laughs> Oscar's like, I don't want to hear any of this, and that Oscar explains that he will not discuss lady business with her, and that he thinks it's a beautiful thing, but it grosses him out. Angie then asks what uh, he thinks she should do, and she can't t- keep taking Kate's money and cash in those checks, but she thinks it's best for her to stay with Kate until she figures out what to do. Angie then confesses that she doesn't know the first thing about being a mother, and Oscar tells her, well, she better start learning. Angie tries to rationalize why her kids staying with Kate would be a better would be better because it's an all-out better situation. 
Oscar asks Angie if that's what she really wants, and she confesses no, and she really wants to keep her baby. The next scene, we see Kate get ready for her date with Rob, as Angie is reading that 101 things that can go wrong with your baby. Angie asks Kate if she's read the bit where one in four million babies are born with a full set of teeth. Kate reminds Angie that everything's going to be fine, as Angie asks Kate if she's going to tell Rob about their situation. Kate is like, no, because men don't like to talk about the successful transfer of an embryo on a first date. As Kate goes to leave, she tells Angie to read the chapter about hermaphrodite and that she won't sleep for a week. So next we see Rob and Kate on their date, and they're at a vegan restaurant as their waiter Chet asks if they're familiar with their menu. So they both say yeah for the other as the waiter asks if they will start off with appetizers, and Rob asks about the sea kelp pizza. Chet then, uh, the waiter tells him that it's a nice earthy taste, a bit of a dirt taste. Would you ever eat dirt pizza? No. Coward. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Christian likes the... <laughs> I love me some dirt. I'd be, I'd be scrunching. That's disgusting. So Rob and Kate go with the blue allergy, and Chet, the waiter, is like, awesome, excellent choice. So to get things started, Kate then asks Rob what law he did practice, and he tells her corporate... And he tells her, for example, that whenever you see some bloated CEO in some scandal and you wonder why the sky is not going straight to jail, Rob admits that sometimes it was because of him. Kate tells him that he must be very proud as Chet the waiter comes back with their blue-green algae in a yeast bowl. So they both try the yeast roll and it looks so undercooked and Kate kind of rolls it and eats it as Rob asks her if she enjoys work. And I will not lie, I always wanted to try this because I think it kind of looks good. No, it looks too yeasty. <laughs> What does that even mean? These things? I just feel like I just feel like it probably tastes more doughy than anything. Doughy. Mm-hmm. Well, they were eating straight yeast, so like. When it yeah. just taste doughy? I don't know. Can you eat yeast like that? I mean, I, I yeah, but I wouldn't. And the question is, would you, and can you pay for it? <laughs> So they both struggle to talk through the yeast roll, and Kate asks how long Rob has been vegan, and Rob spits out the yeast and is like, I'm not. I only took you here because of your job, and Kate's like, oh, no, 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 I love meat. Rob then asks if they can leave, and Kate agrees. Next, we see the two at a stand getting some Philly cheesesteaks, as Kate orders hers with a large steak with provolone, no cheese whiz, no onion, peppers on the side, and not to overcook the meat. And she would also like for them to slice a new fresh roll because the ones they have been sitting out for too long. She wants an ice-cold beer with no cup and that they should really consider changing the styrofoam cups to paper ones because it's just better for the environment. Rob goes to order next and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll have the same. Kate then apologizes for being thorough and that she has been told that she's bossy and controlling. And Rob's like, no, that's just preju prejudice and that she only gets called bossy because she's a woman and tells her that if she were a man doing the same stuff, she'd be a dick. This makes Kate laugh, and Rob is like, what? And Kate's like, nothing. No one's ever called me a dick before. Or Rob tells her it's a term of endearment. It's a term of endearment. Later on in the night, while Kate and Rob are walking, he tells her that he has to tell her something and that it might be a deal breaker. And Kate asks if he's super fruity. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, but I do have a daughter, and she's 12, and she spends signs with me every other weekend. And Kate tells him that she thinks that that's great. Rob then asks Kate if she has any kids, and she admits that she has never been married. And Rob's like... Kate, you don't have to be married to have kids. The two then kiss, and Rob asks Kate if she wants to, like, go back to his place. And she's like, yes. And he's like, just to clarify, I'm in, I am inviting you to my apartment. And Kate's like, oh, I'm 37. I, I know how this works. And in her excitement, guides Rob along, but he's like, actually, my apartment's this place. That's why. 
Next scene, we see Kate come back from her day in the morning, and Oscar's like, okay, Kate, I see you doing the walk of shame. Literally. And she just all smiles, all embarrassed. The next scene, we see Angie and Kate at the birthing glass. As the instructor tells them to look into each other's eyes, tell their pregnant partner that they are beautiful, and that they are strong, and then thank them for giving them this baby. Kate, of course, repeats all of that to Angie, but when Kate thanks Angie for the baby, Angie starts to tear up a little bit, and Kate's like, are you crying? And the instructor's like, I am. I am. A little bit. So the next scene, we see Kate and Angie at the park as they overhear a mom call out to her children with ridiculous names. By the way, way. speaking of ridiculous names, Tiana, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember when we went to the park with Dad? And Dad was talking to this lady, and I was playing with her kids. I mean, we both were. Do you remember what names they were? Were they the two boys? No, it was a boy and a girl. Oh, okay. And I remember this so vividly. I don't know, you might have been too young. Okay. Well the boy's name was Dream and the other girl's name was Pixie Dust. And I remember because she's like, Oh, you can just call me Pixie. And I was like, Okay. I don't want to. (laughs) And I think I'm Oh, I do remember because I remember Dad and Auntie were like talking about it. It's like, is that a drug? Oh my god. But uh yeah, we were uh I I hope they're doing great now. You know what I mean? Real. I hope Pixie's doing great. <laughs> I hope she's on to bigger and better things. Bigger and better, one may say. So <laughs> Oh, that's how I feel about people who name their child Paisley. I'm like <laughs> The shade. It's a dig, but That's the shade, the shade. Angie tells Kate that those kids would have gotten beaten up in her neighborhood with names like that. Kate laughs and then asks Angie what kind of cake does she want for the baby shower that her sister is throwing. Angie says she thinks she shouldn't go to something like that since it's more for her. And Kate disagrees and is like, no, this is for both of us and my mom wants to meet you and make you feel weird. Kate then gets a phone call from Barry as Angie uh, has like a sad look on her face. She's like, Because she's yet to tell her the truth. Um, Barry tells Kate that he is second-guessing this location, and Kate asks if it's because of the taxes. Um, okay, hold on. I'm gonna restart. I'm so sorry. Okay. So next scene, we see that Kate and Angie walk into the construction site where Barry is. Barry tells Kate that he's second-guessing this location, and Kate asks if it's because of the taxes. But Angie butts in and is like, it's because this place gives you, like, a weird vibe, huh? And Barry's like, yep, that's exactly it. And Barry says that if Oprah taught him one thing, it's to trust your gut and face your fear. And Angie's like, oh, is that the episode she got her ears pierced? And Barry's like, no, it's the episode where she had her home in Maui. Did you guys ever have a phase where you just watch talk shows? Because I did. Yeah. What talk shows did you watch? I would watch, like, talk shows or, like, just any daytime television. Any daytime television. Like, are we counting Maury and yeah, Jerry Springer? Yeah, then Yeah, Maury, Jerry Springer. Uh, God, I'd watch... Uh, the view. I remember The View just always being on mm-hmm. or whatever. I remember Oprah for a while. I never watched Oprah. Like, I remember it being on, but I I remember it more being, like, it, it ending and people making a big deal so about it. So I just hate seeing black women in power. That is not true, because I watched the Tyra, Tyra Banks show religiously. It would come on every day at 4 o'clock, and I would sit my little butt down and watch it. Tiana, do you remember the Tyra Banks show? I do. I love Wendy Williams, too. Remember Wendy Williams uh, passed out? 
Yeah. Wasn't she dressed like the Statue of Liberty? Mm-hmm. It was a Halloween episode. Yep. Claps if she if she should suffer. <laughs> okay, so Barry asks who this person is, and Kate's like, oh, this is Angie, and she works for me, and she's very intuitive. And she's like, yeah, I read people's energies, and this highly interests Barry. Barry's asked what this energy in this site is, and Angie's like, oh, like green, like healthy, like leaves. And Barry is like, green like money. And Angie looks over to Kate, who nods slightly before Angie tells Barry yes. Um, Barry then tells Angie to come closer as he will whisper her the secret of success. Angie tells Barry, or Angie lets Barry whisper to her, and Kate then asks Barry if they're back on, and Barry's like, we were never off. As Kate and Angie walk away, Kate asks why Barry whispered, or what Barry whispered to her, and Angie's like, uh, the secret to success. And she's like, what was it? He's like, have a big penis. And Kate's like, oh my god, no he didn't. HR. Angie's like, yes he did. (laughs) HR. So next we see a montage of time passing, and we see Rob and Kate on another date. They're batting at the batting cages, and Kate's like, like, you know, super good. While Rob gets hit with a ball. We then see Angie trying out pregnancy yoga by standing on her head. We then see Kate and Rob hanging out again. While off the fountain, Rob gets on one knee, which shocks Kate. But Rob just ties his or his shoes as a joke, which makes Kate laugh. I think that's just an asshole thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like putting somebody on the spot like that. We then see Kate and Angie at birthing classes learning about breast pumps. Next, we see Angie has received another check from Kate, but she just rips it up and tosses it in the trash. We then see Rob and Kate making out, then Kate opening the store, and finally we finish with Kate and Angie feeling the baby kick. Kate then asks Angie what it feels like to be pregnant, and Angie describes it like if she ate a meatball sandwich and then that meatball sandwich was kicking you. I love meatball sandwiches. Kate then confesses to Angie that she thinks it's time to tell Rob about the baby, and Angie's like, why? And Kate tells her that they've been going out for like a full month and that it's on, and that she honestly thought nothing would come of it, but it's kind of did. And she's like, well, he might break up with you. But Kate's like, yeah, but the longer I wait, the weirder it will be. And she's like, it's going to be weird regardless. Mm-hmm. Kate's like, yeah, but I'm the worst liar. And she's like, you can't be that bad. And asks Kate to, to play uh, Two Truths and a Lie. And Kate does, but instantly cracks, telling Angie that she can't do it. Kate confesses that she doesn't want to lie to Rob. And she's like, you're not lying. You're just not telling the truth. And that's a big difference. And Kate's like, is there a big difference? And Angie's like, I don't know. So next we see Rob knock on Kate's door and Angie opens it and instantly gets weird on him and tries to act proper and tell him that her name is Angela and that she's Kate's sister and that they are part of the same family and that she was just practicing the ancient Japanese art of karaoke. Karaoke. (laughs) Rob is like, okay. Angie laughs awkwardly and kisses his cheeks and is like, I see why Kate likes you so much. Rob then asks if Angie lives with Kate, and Angie's like, oh no, actually, I live in New York City in a pied-a-terre apartment with the husband that I have. Rob's like, oh, so you're just visiting, and Angie lies further by saying her husband is in the stock market and that they go from city to city visiting other stock markets. Rob is like, you and Kate don't really look alike, and Angie panics for a second before Rob concludes that they must have different dads, and Angie's like, "Ah, yes, you're right, different dads, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angie then goes over to her phone. She's like, oh, I think it's ringing. And he's like, I didn't hear anything. And she's like, oh, it's from Europe. And she's like, oh, oh, love. And she goes to the bathroom where Kate is. And she's like, hey, your BS here. And what Kate's like, oh, my gosh, hi. As the two go out the door, Rob asks if Angie will be joining them. And Kate's like, no, she is not well. 
She is unwell. <laughs> so that night, we see Angie hanging out with Oscar as Angie practices her breathing for labor with him. Oscar asks what movie they're watching tonight, and she's like, extreme vaginal delivery and the miracle of a really big birth. You know, even as a kid, I always wanted these two to get together, and I don't know why, since they have really cute chemistry, but at the same time, I think it shows, like, a good platonic relationship, because I don't think Angie has ever had a, like, a healthy relationship with a man before that she, like, trusts enough. Like, because she confides in Oscar, like, a whole lot. Yeah. Also, would you watch this documentary? No. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna say no. It seems, like, really boring. Oh, my God. Oh my god. So yeah, we, I remember we used to watch that TLC show. Uh-huh. Of watching people give birth. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Oh no, yeah, we used to watch those all the time. So we see their reactions of this birth, and the doorman is like freaking out as Angie pots some popcorn in the mouth, and she's like, mm, you can't come back from that. So that morning, Kate and Rob are sitting at the kitchen table. Rob asks Kate if Angie is one of the reasons she stays over at his place so often, and Kate admits that's one of the reasons she does. Rob then asks how long Kate's sister Angie's in town, and Kate confesses that Angie is not her sister, and Rob is like, oh, I know she told me you guys are half-sisters. Half-sisters. And Kate's like, what else did Angela say? And Rob's like, oh, she just said that you like me a lot, and Kate's like, oh yeah, well, Angie's a known liar. Mm. Mm. Rob then hands Kate a pamphlet advertising a museum and Rob explains that his daughter wants to go and he wants Kate to join them and Kate's like oh you want me to meet your kid which is like a really big step in their relationship but this makes Kate like really happy Rob asks if he thinks that that's a bad idea and Kate's like no like I really really like kids and Kate picks up a nearby magazine that so happens to have Becknell on it and Rob's like oh have you read that Rob tells Kate that he thinks the whole surrogacy is too science fiction-y and argues that so many kids need to be adopted. And Kate argues that adoption takes a really long time. And Rob says that people pay about $50,000. And Kate corrects him that it's actually $100,000. Mm-hmm. And Rob then says that they basically pay this large amount of money to have their baby custom carried by a gestation assistant and is super against it. Kate argues that she thinks it's a little more complicated than it actually seemed. And Rob's like, nah, it's just rich people getting what they want. Throughout this whole movie, Rob has been, like, super against the rich, and his argument comes as no surprise to me on his stance on surrogacy. Like, what do you think? I mean... I mean, you're allowed to have your opinion on surrogacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be fair, it really is... It's it's pretty much just a thing for the rich, honestly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I get it. I get it. Gianna, what do you think? No, I'm thinking backing off of Christian. Like, it is mostly just for the rich because if you don't have the money, yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. Like, it's not, oh, $50 like procedure and stuff. Like, no. Yeah, no, it's like the whole thing. The average American doesn't have $100,000 just laying around. Yeah, no, I, I get it, I get it. So, but then Rob, he then turns on the radio and Lady in Red, like, starts playing and Rob's like, I hate this song. And then we see, like, Kate kind of reevaluate her relationship with Rob. And so next we see the doorman, or Oscar, because Sahara wrote doorman in all the notes. Stop. uh, uh, Oscar getting on to Angie for letting Kate go ahead with the baby shower, even though Angie wants to keep it. And the doorman, uh, and Oscar, tells her this seems really ruthless. And Angie argues that she can't tell Kate today in front of all her friends and family. And Oscar's like, no, wait till the baby's nine years old and then tell her, just like his ex did to him. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. Whoa. And so, 
uh, Angie says that uh, uh, she'll tell Kate tonight um, or Monday, but then Angie is like, I don't know, I don't want to ruin her week, so maybe Friday, but then that'll ruin her weekend. What day of the week is the best day to tell someone bad news? I feel like it's Wednesday. Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's better. <laughs> and so Angie, Angie confesses that she doesn't know when she's going to tell Kate and asks Oscar when the best time to tell someone horrible news is. And, and Oscar's like, yesterday. And so, honestly, great advice. So, next scene, we see the baby shower and we see that Kate's invited some of some of the surrogacy support group members and the guy who had the Wiccan surrogate tells Oscar that he thought the whole Wiccan birth was weird but he's like no it doesn't seem so crazy uh, not to eat the placenta or it, se- or it seems not crazy to eat the placenta you know I'm all for doing what you want but I personally could not eat mine only because I don't think I could swallow it what if the doctor told you it was like this is life or death you have to I think I'd throw it up like, I don't well, some people make them into like vitamins I have heard of that. Sarah's like, actually, I'd throw it in the freezer and just, like, lick it occasionally. Oh. Sarah's <laughs> like, I'm going to eat it, like, liver. Liver. Oh. Chopped liver. Like, the thought of, like, cooking it. Uh, no. I'd cook it into some stew for you. Would you eat it? No. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> Tiana, would you eat placenta? She said hard no if you couldn't hear her. Mm, anyway, so Angie finally makes an appearance at the baby shower. And Kate, uh, Kate's sister is so excited to meet her, and Angie meets uh, Kate's mom, and she asks, uh, once the baby's born, will you just, like, go away, or will we, like, expect to see you at Christmas? And so Kate tells, uh, her mom that's really, a really inappropriate question to ask, and her mom is like, what? All my friends are asking. That's you as an old lady. No, it is not. The people need to know. So Kate admits that the pair haven't really discussed it yet, but Kate imagined that Angie would come and see the baby a few times a year. And so... Angie is like, oh, or, you know, I might be out of town, so who knows where I'll be, or I'll be going, and Kate is like, or if we go on vacation, maybe Angie can come, but then, and Kate really thinks that's important, that Angie stays in the baby's life, and she's like, yeah, we're completely separate, who knows, and obviously, like, she's trying to, like, nope out, you know, mm-hmm. and Angie clarifies uh, that her and Kate are going to play it fast and loose, and just see how things shake out, and so both Kate's sister and her mom uh, both stare at each other, and then at Kate, and then... Kate's mom is like, well, that's my motto. Mm. Honestly, what a, what a wild lady. Love her. Who plays her? I don't know. I can't remember her name. I, I've seen her before. Liver spots. Ooh. Kate's mom. Oh, that's Holland Taylor. Oh, okay. What other things is she in? The liver spots. Literally dating uh, Sarah Paulson. I yeah, that's that's Sarah Paulson's girlfriend. Oh my god. Yeah, I was like, I've seen her before. I've seen her before. That's true. That <laughs> is absolutely true. Next, we see Rob crash the baby shower, and Kate's, like, super shocked that he's here, and he tells her that, you know, you haven't called in a while, and, you know, I thought I did something wrong. And I said, okay, that that's a redeeming quality, but I still don't like Rob. Still don't like Rob. Kate's like, oh, no, you didn't do anything wrong, and she thinks that they just have different views of the world differently. And before Rob can ask Kate, like, what that means, Carl crashes the baby shower as well. He really crashes. And, like, if I were Angie, I'd be throwing up right now. Like, that, the anxiety of all that, I'd be like, oh, my God. Screaming, crying, throwing up. No, literally. You throw up now. That's true. Carl yells and tells everybody that this party is over. And Angie approaches Carl and tells him not to say anything stupid. Carl thinks he is having a gotcha moment and tells Kate that Angie hasn't been truthful. And Kate asks Angie what's going on. Carl yells to make sure everyone can hear that Angie is not pregnant and goes to prove it and lifts her shirt. And Carl asks Angie what that is. 
And Angie tells him to feel it, and he's like, it's moving. And Angie's like, yeah, because it's a baby. And she finally comes clean and tells Carl's that it's his baby. Kay asks what Angie means, and Angie's like, I tried to make you a baby, I really did. And that they took a test as soon as they got home that day, and the procedure didn't work. And because of all the hormones, her and Carl got busy, and Angie confesses that she felt like a failure and was scared that Kate would just get someone else. Kate then tells her that all those hormones can also give false negatives, and that's why they want to want you to wait two weeks. Carl then asks, so you might not be pregnant, and Carl's, Carl, and Oscar's like, where did you escape from, man? Like, he's crazy. And Kate explains that the baby might be Carl's, but it might also be hers. And Angie's like, okay, cool, then just forget everything I said then. Rob then chimes in and is like, you got your sister pregnant, but she slept with Carl. And uh, Kate frustratingly explains that Angie is not her sister, but a, quote, ignorant white trash woman that she is paying to carry her kid, end quote. And honestly, that was really mean. No, was and Angie really looks mean. at her really it hurt. It was really mean. And Angie looks at her, and she's, like, really hurt, and she's like, I deserve that. And Oscar's like, no, you don't. Aw. And Kate is all, like, teary-eyed, asks Angie how she could do this, and then turns to Rob and is like, this is why I didn't call you back, because this is kind of, uh, this is the kind of selfish science fiction shit that you don't want any part of. And Kate walks away. And Carl then tells the crowd that the, the upside of this is that he's like, well, the upside of this is I might be a dad. And then he, like, looks at Angie and he's like, if it's a boy, I want to marry you. Oh, my God. Real. And so, aggravated, embarrassed, and ashamed, Angie also walks away. Next, we see Kate talking to Bicknell, the, you know, the surrogacy mm-hmm. lady, uh, over what happened with her and Angie. And Bicknell tells Katie that she's sorry that this happened, but the pregnancy is far along to do any DNA testing or do anything drastic and honestly like give her her money back no for real like and Big Mole's like oh my baby kicked and Kate's like how can you be pregnant that your eggs are like from the 40s or whatever and Big Mole's like I understand you're upset and you're saying hurtful things uh, but we'll have a DNA sample DNA sample sent to the lab, and the rest will be ha- simply be handled in family court. I would have sued Becknell so fucking hard. Literally, honestly. And so Kate is like, or uh, Becknell tells Kate, or lets Kate know that if the baby is not hers, then her fees will be wavered. So that's cool. At least she got all her money back. I thought wavered was when she'll get some of her money back, not all. Wavered means like you don't have to pay it. That's crazy. Anyway, and so Kate is like, okay, but what about all those background checks? And Bicknell's like, Angie passed the flying colors. And argues that Kate was even living with Angie and didn't know a thing. And Angie fooled them all. Kate sadly says that she fooled herself. As we see Angie sitting outside, like, the room or whatever, like, on a chair, hearing the whole thing. And how would you feel if you were in Kate's position? Honestly, I'd be pissed. Like, really hurt? Like, hurt and pissed. Like, how... Like, we were living together. We were having a good time. We did all these things together. And you didn't have the heart to tell me the truth. Real. Okay, and how would you feel if you were Angie? I feel really bad and really guilty. Yeah. Like, to the point where I'm a little suicidal. I'd feel so So bad. So it's like... I would feel so bad. I would feel so bad. So, like, it's all my fault. I'm like, I fucked up. No, for real. Anyway, so... Next, we see Kate dropping off Angie at a hotel, and she said, I, I, I got you a room here until we sort this all out. And Angie gets upset and starts going off on Kate, like, oh, so you don't need me anymore? You're just done with me, and you're going to get some other low life that you can use to give you everything you ever wanted? And Kate's like, I'm not going to do this with you. And Angie's like, well, you think you're so much better than me. And Kate's like, I am certain that I am better than you. Ooh. Honestly. Uh, bar for bar. And Angie is like, oh, are we being honest now? Okay, I can have a baby, and you can't. And that drives you crazy, Angie says. 
and Kate is like, get out of my car. And she, and she tries, like, dramatically, but she still can't open the door or whatever. And she's, she's like, like, I want you to let me open it! And Kate's like, give me a second. You stop opening the door while I'm trying to hit the button. And uh, Angie starts hitting the door, and Kate's like, yeah, like, that's going to fix it. And then after everything calms down, Kate's, like, able to unlock the door for Angie as she walks away. By, by the way, Angie says at one point, like, like I'm your stupid space car locked me in here or whatever. <laughs> but then next we see Angie, she's in her hotel room, and she's, like, trying to apply for, like, that fashion school, like, for out forms or whatever and we see Kate is like talking to a lawyer and then we see Carl like being dumb and asking like on the phone he's like no do I get like a discount for being related to one of the girls on Girls Gone Wild okay so when that scene pops up there is a picture of him like with the statue yeah, of that, him punching yeah, the Rocky statue. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was like oh let's get the picture so I guess they did end up getting that picture taken. Good for them. <laughs> so Rob is uh, also training. We're seeing like everybody. Like it's one of those scenes. Like, it's a montage. It's a montage. Yeah. What's, a, what's happening in Philly? And so we see Rob is training a new hire, and he forgets to put the lid on a blender, and Rob is able to like put it on after it like kind of goes up everywhere. And we see like a, enough time has gone by to the point like it's like winter now, and we see like Kate walking in the snow. Well, it's it's Angie walking. Or, so she, Angie. We see that she's gotten bigger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. We see Kate packed up all those baby clothes that she bought, and we finally see that uh, the store that Kate worked so hard on is, like, finally opening, and there's a bunch of people, like, flooding in. There's, like, balloons everywhere. It's a whole thing. And Barry tells her to enjoy the success of her new building because this is her baby, and honestly... What do you think about that line, though? If, if I were a Kate, I'd just break down. But I know! I would have broke down crying, too. Tiana, what do you think about Barry telling her that the store is her baby? I think... Yeah, I would have cried. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't want a baby, so I can't really like, put myself in that situation. Yeah. And then Barry's like, I'm going to go hide the shell somewhere in the store. <laughs> what a guy. I love Barry. He's my favorite character. I mean, if you think about it, she like basically planned her baby as a business plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, yeah, that's true. But next we see Angie walk into Rob's store Thank and ask for the voice. same drink that Kate did, the orange you glad I didn't say banana. Mm-hmm. When she, uh, the same drink that Kate asked for when she got there and next we learn that it's December because of like all the Christmas trees and we see uh, Kate and Angie finally have their big day in court you know and so as the judge takes a seat we see that Rob shows up to represent Angie and we get another and the judge is like who are you and uh, Rob's like oh I'm uh, representing I'm like a formerly of this firm or whatever and then Angie's like uh, yeah now he like owns a smoothie shop and the judge is like like Jamba Juice and at this point Rob just like yeah, it's exactly like Jamba Juice. <laughs> and so, and the judge is like, I'd love me some Jamba Juice. And so, the judge reminds Angie that she she doesn't need a lawyer, and they're all just there to read some results. And Angie's like, yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I have the right to one. <laughs> Valid. Always have your right to a lawyer. Okay. And Carl then walks in and screams, objection, and the judge is like, what the fuck? And Carl calls the judge his highness, and he's like, he's like, your highness, I want joint custody of that fetus. And the judge is like, did you provide a DNA sample? And he says, yeah, but... Uh, what does that mean? And the judge explains that you would have to give like some hair follicles or a vial of blood and calls like, uh, no. And the judge is like, okay, then sit down. And so Angie then steps in and wants to testify on behalf of the prosecution. And the judge there is like, there is no prosecution. And Angie's like, aye, aye, sir. And the judge tells her that if you want to give a statement and have it on record, you can do that. But then Rob reminds her that it's not necessary, but Angie insists anyway. And so Angie, tell, like on record, says that she's sorry and that she should have listened to Carl uh, and that Angie admits that uh, she should have done the right thing and that she just thought that this whole thing between them 
uh, she saw that she saw out of this whole thing she made Kate happy and it made Angie it made her feel important and Angie regrets said that she regrets not telling Kate the truth and that she apologizes and admits that she was just scared but she also wants to thank Kate for the experience you know because in a way it made her grow up even when she didn't like it Angie knows she was supposed to help Kate have a baby but in a way Kate ended up teaching her how to be a mother and Angie thanks her and apologizes again she, Angie then tells the judge that Kate would be a great mom and finishes with her kid wouldn't get away with shit. And kid wouldn't get away with shit! <laughs> shit! Shit! And so, uh, what, Wait, do you, what, what, do you, what do you think about the monologue? I think, honestly, that we have finally seen, like, this is the first time Angie has taken responsibility for everything that she has done. Because throughout this whole movie, and especially in the beginning, if she was the person that she was in the beginning, she never would have apologized. Really? She never would have done anything. She never would have, like, said any of those things. So her apologizing to Kate like that, especially in front of, like, the judge, for her to mean, like, hey, I'm really serious about this. Like, I am so, so sorry for over the pain that I have caused you, you know? And she really means it. What do you think, Tiana? Mm-hmm. No, I think she really does mean it. Like, she has grown as a person with just being with Kate and realizing that she has a baby now. Mm-hmm. Rob then stands up and clarifies that what Angie was trying to say that she knows what she did was wrong and that with these lies it's so easy for it to spin out of control because Carl essentially lied to Angie and then Angie lied to Kate and then that's how Kate ended up lying to him but the bottom line is that it's a mess a real mess the judge tells him that this is the worst closing argument he's ever heard and Rob's like yeah I know I'm a little rusty Rob tells Kate he never wanted to come back to the courtroom but he only came here for her Kate thanks him then tells the judge to read the results real life Maury in this situation and in this case of this eight-month fetus, Kate, you are not the mother. You are not the mother. And Kate kind of, like, runs out, like, but it's, like, one of those dumb runs. Yeah, it's a goofy Like, like the type room. of runs you would see on Mari. <laughs> or Mori, I mean. So, back outside, Kate runs into Rob because he was waiting for her, and he asks if she's okay to get home. And Kate's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. Rob then tells her that he remembers that day he found out he was going to be a father and that he will never take that for granted. And I really hate that Rob made that conversation about himself. Real. Like, she's hurting right now. Like, why are you making it about you? Kate tells him that she would still like to meet his kid, and Rob tells her to come by the store. And Kate smiles and says okay, and that she definitely will. Rob then tells her that he's sorry, and Kate reassures him that it's okay. And as Rob goes in for a kiss, she stops him and tells him that she threw up. And he goes for a forehead kiss instead. Before Kate walks off, she tells Rob that he looks nice in his suit. So next we see Angie standing by a corner, and Kate runs into her, and Angie asks if she will see Kate around, and Kate honestly tells her she probably not, probably will not, which makes Angie sad, but she tells Kate that she will be glad to know that she's been off Dr. Pepper for two whole weeks, and that she's drinking water, and Kate tells her that that's really good. And then all of a sudden, we hear a gushing sound, and Kate's like, Angie, I think your water broke. And I love how Angie immediately checks to see if, like, her cup has, like, punches in it. Literally. <laughs> Angie's like, I need to find a bus to take me to the hospital. And Kate's like, no, let me drive you. So Angie starts freaking out a little as she tells Kate she's not due for another three weeks, and Kate's like, I know. And then Angie asks if they should clean up the fluids on the street, and Kate's like, no, 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 somebody else will get that. 
So next we see the two driving and Angie's like, wow, this is really happening, huh? And Kate excitedly tells her like, yeah, it's really happening. Angie's like, yeah, it's so weird. I really feel really calm right now. Mm-hmm. We then hard cut to Angie like screaming in the hospital, like full on screaming at people to come and help her. And she's like, why aren't you bitches helping me? <laughs> and honestly, I will tell you when I get to that point, if it will be like that. And Kate's like, no, uh, so the nurses help Angie and it's like and the nurses are like okay hey we'll take it from here and Kate's like no I want to go with her and the nurse is like are you family and Kate tells him that she's Angie's sister and I know it's like really subtle but like Angie reaches out for Kate's hand after she says that and she takes it which I think is so sweet mm-hmm. it is so sweet mm-hmm. also I just want to add the nurse is Rocky Blue's mother for real? Yeah. from shake it up y'all oh my god <laughs> while being pushed down the hallway angie's just screaming and throwing gnosis papers out of her hand while screaming about getting drugs as she tries to reach for random patients like ivy um she starts like uh being like oh my god is that guy dead is that guy dead and then like throws the christmas tree in the hallway is that guy dead i feel like i'm bitten so as Angie's being wheeled into her room, she reminds Kate that she needs to get the olive oil ready. And Kate's like, I think it's too late for that. Angie tries to psych herself up by telling Kate, everything's going to be go, Everything's going to go great. And Kate's like, oh, yeah. They then stop when they hear a familiar voice call out to them. And it's Becknell who has given birth herself as she excitedly tells them that she just had twins. And Kate's like, wow, cool. But walks away like, oh, my God, that's so fucking gross. So next we see Angie about to give birth as the the doctor tries to joke around a little while Angie's giving a big push. Angie tells Kate that she's so glad that she's here for her, but she doesn't look so good, and Kate admits that she feels a little dizzy. Angie pushes again, Kate passes out as we hear a baby cry. We then see Kate get woken up in a hospital by her sister, who asks how Kate is feeling, and Kate admits that she feels really embarrassed for fainting, and her sister tells her that Oscar is bringing her, like, a change of clothes. Like, honestly, make this man a part of your family, because, like, he is, like, more attentive than anybody. Next, we see Rob has come to visit Kate, and he tells her that Angie had called him, like, ten times, telling him to get down to the hospital. And Angie also called Kate's sister to, like, come down to check on Kate. Mm Mm-hmm. And Kate's like, oh my god, Angie, how's she doing? And she also asks about the baby. Rob tells her that Angie's doing great and that the baby is beautiful. Kate is excited to know that the baby is a girl And the doc- as the doctor comes in to check on, on Kate. He tells both Rob and Caroline if it's okay if he talks to Kate alone. And I always thought this was a really weird, like, for Kate's sister to leave. Because, like, if this were me or Tiana, I think we both would have stayed with each other. Mm-hmm. Right, T? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would have stayed with each yeah. other. She said, yeah. Yeah. So after they leave, the doctor tells her that they got her blood work back, and she's slightly anemic, and that's why she fainted. But also, she's pregnant. Kate's like, what? I literally paid a guy thousands of dollars to tell me that that was impossible. And the doctor's like, well, you're eight weeks along. And Kate's like, but I was told the chances are like one in in a million. And the doctor's like, well, I'd start buying lottery tickets. One out of school, him. Kate then shouts at Rob, who's standing outside the room, that she's pregnant, and Rob's like, what? And she's like, yeah, I'm pregnant, and he, like, faints. So next we see Kate meet Angie's daughter, and Kate's like, oh my gosh, what's her name? And Angie's like, this is Steph, and Kate's like, oh, like, Stephanie? And Angie's like, no, like, Stefani, like, Gwen Stefani. Literally, she's so real for that. (laughs) And Kate's like, even better. Angie asks... Kate if it's true that she's pregnant and Kate's like how do you know and Angie's like I can read people's energies plus your sister told me and they both laugh 
We then get a one year later and it's Stephanie's, Stephanie's, Stefani's first birthday. And we hear people sing happy birthday and they're all at what looks like a Chuck E. Cheese as they blow out candles. And baby Stefani is not having a good time. She is crying all over the place. I honestly think she's a little overwhelmed, I won't lie. So as the credits start to roll, we see that Kate has had her baby. We see Carl embracing fatherhood as Caroline asks Angie if the two are still together. Angie's like, no, but Carl is taking some parenting classes. As I look over at Carl play, playing like one of those shooting games as he has like Stefani like strapped to his chest. Um, and I think like Angie's like, oh yeah, he just he just started. So uh, we see Oscar flirt with Kate's a mom. We see Kate wiping off the balls in the ball pit. We then see Oscar play with his son, who's having a great time and is just excited to be with his dad. We see Rob playing with his baby and everyone just having a great time at this birthday party. We then see Carl got his daughter a mini motorcycle. So my dad had something like that. So. Like a small motorcycle. Tiana, do you remember that? We still have it. Is it still in the garage? Still in the garage. (laughs) I thought we got rid of that thing. No, it's still in the ground. I'm dead. I remember, okay, so my dad got it, and he he went to go test it out in the field. And me and Tiana had, like, this small, like, Hummer truck car thing, and we were driving it through the field, and our dad kind of just left us. It was the Escalade. Oh, yeah, that Escalade. And he, like, left us to go, like, drive back and forth. Yeah, do you remember him leaving us to go back and forth driving on that motorcycle? Mm Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Mm-hmm. You were not there, Christian. Shit, I just wanted to be involved. <laughs> anyway. It's like, I watched from the sidelines. Anyway, Angie's like, oh my god. And Kate's like, did you really buy this for a one-year-old? And Angie adds on to that by saying it's crazy. And Kate agrees that's that crazy. that's really crazy. But Angie switches up on her and is like, that's exactly what she wanted. And Kate's like, oh my god, crazy great. We then see Rob has also gifted Kate a little something something and it's an engagement ring. We see that Barry also made an appearance at Steph's birthday by telling Kate that he wants to give her baby some of his mojo. And he holds the baby to his forehead for like two seconds and then he tells Kate time is love and he's gotta run. And he runs into Oscar and he gives him the Wakanda forever before it was cool. And I believe Barry produced Black Panther himself. We see people say goodbye and get ready to leave the party as we see how close everyone has gotten even though it was a weird situation but it all brought them all together. In the last scene we see Kate and Angie sitting with both their babies as Tom and Jerry plays in the background. The end. (sighs) Also do we gotta redo it? Yes. I wanted to add some dramatic pause. The end. Oh my god, okay. You're so. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. What was the best part, T? Singing the song, and Carl and Angie have to correct everyone for names. Stefani. Okay, so do you guys think that both Kate and Angie represent how women are before versus after they find out they're pregnant? Are you asking me or Tiana? It can be. It's an open-ended question. Anybody can answer. Well, I don't know what it does to be pregnant. But I mean, do you think that they represent that, though? 
Mm, no. Hmm. I'm going to disagree. Yeah. Why? Because I like disagreeing with you. It's fun. You got to have a reason. That was my reason. Oh, no, my okay. No, but for real, I don't know. I mean, no, I think they just represent two different people that are pregnant. Mm. What do you think, T? What do you think, Tiana? It's two different. I, I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, God to her. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just feel like, yeah, there's two different perspectives of people being pregnant. Like, you have somebody from, like, a middle, upper class, mm-hmm. a single, who wants to become a parent, so she's going to be a single mother. And then you also have somebody who's lower class, mm-hmm. a little bit uneducated, mm-hmm. and also is trying to become a mother and see how both of them can come together for like a little bit mm-hmm. and how like what Angie was saying to, to the judge saying mm-hmm. like oh yeah you helped me become a better mother do you think both women learned a lesson from each other no of course it, Angie could be more trustworthy mm-hmm. and actually learn to take accountability for her action Mm -hmm. and doesn't have to lie Mm -hmm. and people are gonna see her more than just like what she brings to the table Mm -hmm. and people are actually gonna listen to her and then for Katie it was mostly like hey you need to slow down like you don't have to do everything Mm -hmm. like right away Mm -hmm. a baby is not a business plan Mm -hmm. and that you just need to have fun for once I only think that because I think Angie kind of represents how you are before you get pregnant and Kate kind of becomes somebody you suddenly become that person after you find out you're pregnant and you gotta like okay I gotta do this I have to do this I have to do this but I think it's also like telling women that like it's okay to be laid back but you also need structure and if you're too structure you need or if you have too much structure that's also a bad thing you know Mm-hmm. It's like a balance. Yeah, exactly. So which characters do you guys sympathize with the most? Probably Barry. Why Barry? Barry's dope. He has, Barry? He, he has vision. <laughs> he has vision. Okay, honestly, Rob. Rob's kind of just like uh, thrown into this whole situation. He's mm-hmm. just like, okay, uh, I'm just going to be there for Kate. What a guy. I honestly feel really <laughs> bad for Angie. I do think she kind of put herself in that situation, but also I don't think she knew even how to get herself out of that situation. Because technically her husband, or her common-law husband, kind of put her in that situation in the first place. Yeah. And I think she's so used to, like, listening to everybody else, she forgot what her own voice sounds like. Exactly. And I think Kate was just collateral. She found her voice with No, most definitely, most definitely. Tiana, which character do you sympathize with the most? I think I'm gonna go with Kate. Mm-hmm. She gives off Virgo vibes. LMAO. Especially when she was ordering food, mm-hmm. I was like, this is exactly what she wants and when she wants it. Do you think society still puts high value on women becoming pregnant like they do in the film? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They treat pregnancy as this whole, like, industry, mm-hmm. kind of, in the film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I look at it as, like, Kate trying so, so hard to get pregnant. Like, to the point where, like, she's undervaluing herself because she can't. 
in that she suddenly because she she even says herself that she's putting high value in Angie because she can do that and she can't. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think of like society now and how like it's kind of hard to uh, find spaces for children. Like I think of like the whole like airplane situation, like. And, like, you know how we went to go look for maternity clothes at the mall and they just didn't have any? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think, not saying that, like, we're losing that, but I do think that, like, I think they want mothers and, like, pregnant people to kind of be, like, over here. (laughs) Like, they don't really want to see us. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Does that make sense to you, Tiana? It kind of does. Do but do you disagree? No, I just feel like America just wants you in a different, like the world just wants you in a different space than everyone else because you're pregnant. Yeah. Like they want you to like, oh yeah, it's good. You make a new, a new human being, mm-hmm. and your social security check for all the rest of us. <laughs> but like after they're born, they don't care. Yeah, most definitely. Do you think education? What is that? <laughs> Literally. Do you think lying slash lies are a central theme of this film? Yes. 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 Have you ever read that? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so why do you spell pregnant like that? I don't know. Pregnant. Pre- pregnant. How do you spell it? Uh, P-R-E-G-E-N. A-N-T. Pregnant. <laughs> pregnant. Pregnant. Because I'm pregnant. Cut me some goddamn slack. No. <laughs> I just put prego. Prego. <laughs> we can't spell. Prego. Tiana, do you think lying is a huge theme of this film? Oh, of course. Lying, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's just like, it's a whole like, circle. Everything. Like everyone's lying to somebody. Yeah, like Rob said. Mm-hmm. It's messed up. It's a mess. All right. Is this a puff, puff, pass or, or a, a puff, 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 puff smash? I think you already know my answer. Pass. I'm just kidding. No, it's a smash. It's a smash. <laughs> it's a smash. It's good. I like it. It's, it's funny. It's smash. Do you like it, Tiana? Smash. Of course. I've watched it like a million times. What would you rate it? We do out of, we usually do out of ten. I'm gonna say an eight point five. Ooh. Ooh. Alright, Christian, your turn. A seven. Okay. I'll give it an eight. Okay. Seven. Seven's respectable, I feel like. Alright, now it's time for everyone's been waiting for. Tiana, give this a dream blunt rotation. We usually do four, but you're more than welcome to pick five. Oh, I already know. I already know. We usually choose three. What are you talking about? We choose four. Whatever. Go ahead, T. The doorman. Okay. Um, I would say... Barry. Okay. I'm just gonna claim him first. <laughs> but I, I would I would also say Kate. I feel like she deserves it. Okay. Rob, because he's funny. Okay. And definitely 
definitely that one guy in the hospital who Angie was pointing out was like, is he dead? <laughs> is he dead? He deserves it. He deserves it. I would pick Rocky the Iguana. Oh. Um, I would also pick the love uh, art public thing. Do you remember those little love signs that would be everywhere in yeah. Philadelphia? Yeah, that. I would also pick the um, fertilization of Kate's eggs into Angie's. And then lastly, I will pick the 101 things that can go wrong with your baby. Oh my god. So one thing I wanted to point out. Really Tiana didn't do hers yet. I thought she, oh yeah. She, she just stopped. said she Oscar. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go on. Go ahead, T. I did say all mine. No, we didn't hear you. All we heard was Oscar. Oh, okay. So Oscar. Okay. Mom. Who? Who's mom? Kate's mom? One, I think I'm gonna go with the OB doctor. Oh my god. <laughs> oh All my god. Right. Um, I just, <laughs> one, like. one thing I just want to point out mm-hmm. in terms of continuity. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of the film, when Kate goes to the uh, sperm bank, mm-hmm. she gets that vial of sperm. Mm-hmm. It looks exactly like a bomb. No. Oh. It looks exactly like the vials that I can't remember his name, but he was a, he was a character on Community. And he was like reading out like his will or whatever, and he like and when he gave he gave everybody like a vial of his cryogenically frozen <laughs> sperm. It looks exactly like that vial. Oh my god! And with that note, we are puff puff pass. You can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. We are the couple that is smoking in the background. In the background. We also have a Twitter, or is now known as X, mm. and we are at Puff Pass Podcast. And if you would like to tell us your dream or nightmare about rotation or just facts about this movie, you can email us at puffpuffpodcast23 at gmail.com. We also have a letterbox. We do not post movies that we are watching. For the podcast. For the podcast. But we do post movies that we just watch randomly. And we are puffpuffpast23. So, yeah. Christian, would you like to tell them what movie we're doing next week? Yes, if I could remember it. We're doing Zoolander 2. Oh, yeah, we are doing Zoolander. Oh, my God. I haven't started watching it yet. Zoolander? Yeah, Zoolander 2. Sahara started watching it earlier this week, and she was telling me all about it, and I was like, I can't wait to start watching it. But, no, it's going to be so much fun. We lo- we watched the, We watched the first Zoolander, like, months ago, mm-hmm. before we moved to our new place, mm-hmm. and we just watched it for fun, and we had, Sahara, you'd never seen it, have mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I had, though. It was great. But I finally got... Uh, now we're watching the second one, which I haven't seen either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very exciting stuff, so stay tuned for that. Tiana, I want to thank you for being our first guest on the podcast. Did you enjoy yourself? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, my goodness. I had, like, a whole... Two bottles of wine and... Oh, my God. <laughs> we're giving her alcohol poison. A Seagram Escape classic wine margarita. Jesus. <laughs> Well, I hope you sleep that off. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. All right. You guys ready to tell everybody bye? I'm ready. All right. Say bye. Bye. Tiana, say bye. Bye. (laughs) I am. Bye.